Welcome, everybody, to Recommend or Refute, our second Recommend or Refute. I am John, and with me is Dixon and Ryan at the table. What up? Uh, How's it going? And it's a little unorthodox to start off the second episode by not being the person, even though I started this, to give my review. But we have determined here at Afterthoughts uh, a narrative path, shall we say, in our reviews. Um, and so I would like to pass the torch to, to Dixon. Dixon, why don't you... Tell us, what did you watch uh, recently and, and did you recommend it or refute it? Uh, yes, I watched uh, the movie with the least nipples in it of anyone uh, this week. <laughs> uh, there were quite a bit of nipples. I, I watched Creed uh, from Creed 3 is out in theaters now, and I never saw Creed 2. I liked the first one, and I got the 4K Blu-ray for free with a 4K player that I bought. It's like, I have this. I might as well watch it, and, you know, 3 is getting good reviews. I love Jonathan Majors, and he's in it, and so I was like, I, I want to, you know, get caught up on this, rewatch this one, and then I'll, I'll watch Creed 2 before I go see the third one. But, um, yeah, so, so Creed is uh, starring Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed, who is the long-lost son of Apollo Creed, who was, uh, you know, Stallone's, Rocky's friend and rival in the, you know, first uh, four Rocky movies. So um, he's uh, Apollo's illegitimate son, who was uh, conceived right before Apollo Creed died at the hands of Ivan Drago. Spoiler alert for Rocky IV. So uh, he is is kind of, you know, growing up. His mom dies when he's young. He's growing up in foster care. He keeps going to juvie because all he wants to do is get in fights. And then as a you know, 12-year-old or so, he gets adopted by um, Apollo's wife, who is not his mom, um, but she's played by, played by Felicia Rashad. She discovers his existence and pulls him out of foster care, raises him in a, you know, very wealthy household. Um, he becomes like a stockbroker and decides, uh, you know, he's basically, he, he doesn't like that. He's going to Tijuana on the weekends to get in unsanctioned boxing matches with just random people that are kind of off the grid. And he just decides, you know what, I'm done with this. He gets a promotion at work. He's like, I can't take this. I'm going to quit and go, um, go actually try to box. Um, so of course he moves to Philadelphia and tries to track down Rocky who he thinks he can guilt him into being his coach and trying to train him up to be a legit fighter. Uh, spoiler alert, he's successful in doing that, as you would imagine. You know, Rocky's like, oh, I'm out, I'm out of the guy, don't do that anymore. And he's like, you know, of course, guilt him into being his coach. Um, Creed follows almost the exact same plot as Rocky. It, it's very similar <laughs> to the first Rocky movie. I saw... Um, Paul Shear on watched it all on Letterboxd this week and and put like this was the original Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I was like, that's actually a pretty good comparison. Um, or this is not as good as Rocky, and Top Gun Maverick is better than Top Gun, but it's like, you know, revitalizing an old franchise. It's it's almost kind of like the Force Awakens, but not depressingly awful. You know, like um <laughs> it's it's following the same plot, but you know, Stallone is in like the the Mickey role rather than the Rocky role, and you've got 
uh, Michael B. Jordan. Rocky Roll. <laughs> Rocky Roll, yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, you know, so you got, you got Michael B. Jordan, and he's he's very, you know, charismatic and engaging. Uh, written, directed by Ryan Coogler. This is after he did Fruitvale Station and kind of got on the map as an independent director and then did this and went on to Black Panther and other big things from there. Um, but yeah, it, it's a fun watch. It's, you know, like a, a good, solid sports movie that hits all the beats you expect it to hit but the characters are well developed and the actors are charming and the rapport between michael b jordan and sylvester stallone is really great uh tessa thompson is is really good in this as uh michael b jordan's downstairs neighbor who is a musician who's slowly going deaf and uh, their chemistry is really great as they start to date as he is is kind of training to to fight and get back into the ring and um you know, of course, lo and behold, some crazy circumstances occur where he gets to, you know, fight for the heavyweight championship of the world, despite the <laughs> fact that he has, you know, very little boxing history. But, um, you know, it, it works. It, it's a movie that you've seen before, you know, literally with Rocky. We've pretty much seen this movie before. Uh, you know, the ending is very similar to Rocky, but it's just a movie that you smile while you're watching. You're like, oh, this is well done. The music cues all hit. At Hell the right yeah. points to, you know, make you feel inspired by what you're seeing. And um, yeah, it was, it's a fun time. So um, I liked it. I think it, a lot of it really it works because of the cast. I think, you know, if it was that script with less compelling actors, I don't know that I would have liked it as much. But Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone and Tessa Thompson are all really good in those roles and just make you care about those characters more than you probably have any right to. So, yeah. Um, I remember when I saw this, I, I, I put off watching Creed for a while because I was like, well, I know after Rocky four, well, maybe with even Rocky four, everything just went downhill (laughs) immediately after the Rocky franchise. And I was just like, eh, I don't know if I care enough, but I remember when I watched it, I got so into the fight sequences and the choreography. It's just so enveloping and when you're in the ring, like everything just fades away. Um, just like it does for Creed. So it's like amazing to, to just watch those sequences go through. There's one really great scene where an entire fight is shot in one take and it's a two round match and, and just it's one take. The camera's moving around the ring, getting up and close and personal and into what's going on. And it, it just feels very real and visceral. And like, you know, the earlier Rocky movies didn't really do that. You know, Raging yeah. Bull kind of broke a lot of barriers and actually getting the camera into the ring. That was after the first couple Rocky movies. But this movie, you know, just that long extended take like that. I had never seen something quite like that in a boxing movie before. I think the wrestler maybe had some stuff that was kind of like that with longer takes in the ring. Yeah. But it's really well done in Creed. I was going to ask if it was more boxing than Rocky, because honestly, that isn't a boxing movie. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. There's some boxing in the last bit of it, but even then it's shot questionable. And it's one of those like, do they understand how boxing works kind of situations? The later Rockies do get, Right, some boxing in. But there now, are three boxing matches in the movie. Uh, the first one is like ten seconds long, and then right. there's the two the two round fight that I talked about, and then there's like the championship fight at the end that that's longer. But it's a lot of training montages, you know, and inspirational yeah. speeches and and that kind of thing. Um, they they reshoot the scene where um, you know, in the first movie they have Stallone like trying to pick up chickens, like they do that again in in Creed where he's 
having Adonis run around after chickens. He's like, the chickens have gotten faster. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, just fantastic to see Sylvester Stallone in that movie. I heard he was cut out of three, uh, Creed three. And like, yeah, he's not in it. And I haven't seen two, so I don't know if they kill him off in Creed two or if, if they just decide to write him out. As I understand it, three, after but... the first Rocky or it was like in 78, he sold the rights to, I can't remember who the producer is, Irvin something. And like Winkler. Did, yeah. And like after that, he still owns on record as saying like, he decides like if I get to be part of the movie, like I have to ask him, I have to like bow down basically and oh, like ask if I can be in it. So I was like, oh, that sucks. He's I a big time producer. Stallone. He's done a lot of Scorsese movies and stuff. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. I'd second that for sure. Creed's awesome. I loved it. Uh, I have the VR game where you get to do the training montage to the Rocky music. Oh, that's uh, cool. Especially they have like the episode, the uh, Rocky four music too. So you're like in the gym and it's like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> wait, is that just a trick to get people to work out? Is yeah. Basically like, just, like, just like jumping rope. Well, yeah. And then they're, they're also like the big fights coming up. You got to work out and you have to like be on a treadmill and run and you have to like box all these speed points. Bag. Right. Yeah. You're doing a speed bag and whatever. And then you get your ass kicked in the ring. Cause you don't have box. So. <laughs> it's the real experience. <laughs> Feeling like Rocky. It's like, yeah. The real story where you just get your ass beat and there's no <laughs> just, inspiration anything immediate yeah. stoppage yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> well very cool um yeah ryan did you you've seen creed right no i haven't actually <gasps> i was thinking about leading into creed 3 of of going back and watching i kind of like got so soured on the rocky franchise and just generally anything that goes back for the the member berries mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. give dig up this nostalgia that i kind of just didn't think to look at it um, I've since come to appreciate uh, Michael B. Jordan quite a lot and and have wanted to go back, but not strongly. Now that Creed 3 is out, I was looking at yeah. it like, that looks good. Like that actually And Michael B. Really Jordan good. directed it. It's his first yeah. uh, first movie he's directed. So I, I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. I it seems like it's getting pretty good reviews. I'm like, I am I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot and see, see how I, it is. I also know that he made Jonathan Majors watch a bunch of anime to uh yeah that was the other thing that really hell yeah (laughs) i like boxing anime so i'm also really interested so yeah yeah nice i would i would recommend i had that same soured attitude and then when i went and watched it i was like god damn it it is good it's really good (laughs) (laughs) well cool uh well ryan what did you watch yeah so uh like in the lead up to creed 3 watching all creed movies in the lead up to Magic Mike The Last Dance. I watched the Magic Mike movies. Businesses that I manage, they deal exclusively in cash. Wow, busy guy. <laughs> You're welcome to stay the one, the only. Magic Mike. You are the husband that they never had. You are that dreamboat guy that never came along. I got a little treat for y'all tonight. We're going to see if he still got some magic in that mic. Tomorrow, start the pilgrimage to Myrtle Beach for the convention. I wish we had known you guys back in our day. Well, I'd say it's still your day, man. This is more nipples than Creed. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot of nipples. Um, so I, I do want to just talk about, like, the fact that the sequels just completely throw everything out the window. And it's an interesting phenomenon that I guess is probably not happening with the Creed movies, but certain movies that kind of get popular maybe for the wrong reasons and then have sequels that just immediately 
forget everything that the first movie was about or did, <laughs> or even what characters are supposed to be. Uh, and, and Magic Mike is an interesting watch into a descent of madness. Um, the first Magic Mike did surprise me. John, you mention it all the time for some reason that people should watch it. Watching it, not that great. But I was surprised. No, I think Mike that too, you, I think. <laughs> oh, Magic Mike 2. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I needed to watch Magic Mike to, to understand Magic Mike 2, except I yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah, you did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, I was surprised that there was character and drama in the first Magic Mike. It is this interesting story of an entrepreneur. I like the flip of a man having to like sell himself in order to try to get by in society to try to get to something and the way that, you know, certain glass ceilings that are there for him as well, um, even though he's a white man who can dance really well and is really fit. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> it It's interesting. And he, you know, kind of has these expectations of where things are going to go and they don't. Um, there's some repercussions to the things that they do, particularly like drinking and drugs. The second movie then has no repercussions, has nothing to do with them being entrepreneurs. Yeah. And is just a bro road trip where they're going to StripperCon, and I didn't really understand why, and it was just an excuse to put them in funny scenarios from, like, place to place, location to location, um, including, like, this is the point where I think that, here, here's my premise, stripping is magic. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess it's true, like, that, that's Magic Mike. Stripping legit has some power over people in these movies, increasingly. Because in the second movie, there's, like, a brothel for stripping as a service like they they stop and visit this SAS. Uh, <laughs> it's a SAS. yeah it's a SAS company they stop and visit to that's to why they went this. to a convention because they're SAS companies yeah. <laughs> it makes i was like yeah. what, what, what would you go to a stripper convention for it's not like you can't forge business relationships at a stripper <laughs> convention right i mean i i don't know you, i guess but that just seems weird i don't know yeah apparently no yeah because they they have to stop because they need someone to MC the stripping. I don't know what that does for stripping. I, I, it's always just been Someone's the guy like who's like, now on, yeah, well, you need the guy that's like, <laughs> now on stage three, Diamond's going to be dancing for you. You need that, or it's not stripping, apparently. Yeah. Except mm. it's way over the top in these movies. I don't, you know, it's something else entirely because it's magic. They, they legitimately say that this is a club where women pay by the month to come in and get to see strippers. And it's just like, packed house of women that seems with different rooms they me. can go in and watch <laughs> someone strip yeah it's i was it, wow i was blown away that, that was even a premise and it's then like so but for horny women yeah I yes see the books in that house how do they keep this place afloat what exactly yeah, how does this work <laughs> yeah they and this is an excuse to grab a couple more strippers on their trip down to stripper con and at the stripper convention where we have our stripper montage i a la electric boogaloo to save i you know nothing they're just i don't even understand why they needed to win or anything or if they won it makes no sense how do you win <laughs> I, there's there's stripper there con judges? appears to not really be a convention it appears to just be a competitive strip off of strip teams which yeah. i didn't know strippers were like in teams but it's like a cheerleading convention where everybody does their <laughs> cheerleading skit and yeah. then we rate them. And it is, they have a, you know, the hotel, you know, grand ballroom, wall-to-wall women. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, they strip again, and it's over-the-top theatrics and just completely ridiculous. 
I was bothered by how touchy all the strippers get in all three of these movies with the women. And in a way that I was like, someone has to get sued in this universe because they will just pick up a woman and flip them like they're swing dancers. And the woman's just like, oh, okay, that's what's happening now, I guess. <laughs> and, and knows how to actually like move with the person and not get hurt or, yeah. or whatever. It's completely, yeah, ludicrous. In the second movie, we don't even pretend that he's getting into a relationship. Like We just immediately know that the relationship in the first movie vanished, so this one isn't going to go anywhere either. It's just to, I guess, get this feminazi to be okay with male stripping, mm. I, I think. And so mm. he strips for her at the end. Um, question mark? I, <laughs> like... It, yeah, yeah he, I was really beginning to get lost on that second one. Well, did three find you? Or? So, yeah, number three uh, even gets a little bit, I felt, more bizarre, which is saying a lot. Surprisingly, technically not any nudity in the more recent one, The Last Dance. It actually gets less nudity as it goes on. Let's go. So Why are you in London? I'm going to put on a show at this famous theater. People are numb, disconnected. We're gonna wake them up with a wave of passion they've never felt before. Hell yeah. Without further ado, I give you the visionary artist magic mind. Uh, but it does get way more sexually, like, not even stripping. Like, it just straight up is air sex by no. the third movie. Yeah, but they're clothed. Like, somehow the clothing now stays on, but it it like loses any like subtleness <laughs> that was in the first movie. Three is Soderbergh again, right? Yes. Soderbergh yes, directed the first one and the third one. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one has some kind of heart. The second one is just like a cash grab. The third one's a cash grab and no heart. And I can, you can tell it was going to go to HBO max because it's like, all right, the budget's like gone. The cast is smaller. Uh, the old, uh, Magic Mike's friends just show up on one Zoom call. Like we didn't even cast them in any yeah. oh, wow. that we needed. What we could have anything to do we with them? We paid them each fifty bucks for a twenty-minute <laughs> Zoom call. Yeah. Right, exactly. So our plot is everything from the first two movies is erased again. Magic Mike is now down on his luck, which he wasn't last two any. He's never apparently actually isn't a good entrepreneur, like <laughs> because his business just fails over and over again. So he's bartending at this gig, and uh. The woman is going through a divorce and everyone's, you know, I don't know, kind of being shitty to her. She doesn't really have any good friends or anything, apparently. Um, and this is Selma Hayek's character, who then pays him like 10 grand to strip for her, which is questionable in of itself. And he doesn't really take off much of his clothes and instead just straight up simulates sex acts. While they have clothes on. I mean, at this point, I was like, the stripping is, we don't care. We just don't <laughs> care. Like, yeah. it is just every as long as you move part those of hips. that. That's right. Yes, every part of the house, he just dry humps her in different locations of the That's house. That's fucking weird. And we're supposed to pretend it's stripping. And then this is a life-altering moment for this character. <laughs> yes, who immediately is like, I have to fly you to London. You are now... Like, need to come with me because you have such amazing talent to dry hunt me that I want you to take over my family's playhouse and put on a play to end all plays. Where you dry stripping. hump everyone in the audience. <laughs> Where everyone gets dry humped in the audience, yes. 
and you can tell where the you know where the movie's going because that's what fucking happens even though it makes no sense and surprisingly less nudity and the the strippers that we add to our cast who are in this play that they put on don't even get names and are just stripper number one, stripper number two, stripper number three, when you see the credits at the end of the movie. Like, we have just given up on everything at this point. Um, it, Yeah, it was just ridiculous. There was one decent, like, dance scene that actually, like, was kind of hot, but everything else was just, like, bizarre, uh, and I was completely lost. And then at the end, doing this because everyone, including the London city, was trying to shut them down, uh, it just causes them to go bankrupt after they put on this play of uh, plays that instantly every woman and man in the audience gets up and is just immediately magic horny um, because oh. of this amazing play. And which just was like a burlesque show, if we're being honest. It was just, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it was. It was entertaining. It was a burlesque show, but it wasn't anything new. Uh, they're going to be bankrupt and they run off in love. And I, I immediately turned to Darla and I was like, are we supposed to think that they actually love each other and that that's going to work out? Like the last two movies, it didn't like, why would I think that it would now? And we never really saw them like grow together or anything. Like you just strip for her magically and they're in love and that's it. And I'm supposed to believe it. That should have had like the graduate ending. I thought that (laughs) I thought that was what was going to happen was like, we had that moment and then it was like, they have to, actually part ways and and i even thought it was going to be a schmaltzy to say and now because his play was so amazing even though they shut that one down somebody now hasn't putting on that play i'm from the bank here's a big check for your magical stripping performance mike (laughs) yeah exactly they actually the pants off (laughs) (laughs) they actually pull like a scene that's like a heist movie where of course they do it's a Soderbergh film <laughs> right exactly uh the ex-husband actually owns this theater and he's pissy because it's going to ruin his name they have some prenuptial agreement where anything that hurts his family name she loses everything but I don't even understand how that's enforceable as a lawyer I'd be like what does that mean like yeah. that's invalid immediately but in order to keep her from putting on this play he goes to his buddies at the city and comes up with all these reasons that they have to shut it down because the they didn't notify the city fast enough or the stage is two inches too high or all this crap or whatever and so they're not going to get approved so they find one of the people on the city council who's a woman and then set up this sting to learn everything about her and then strip for her on a bus because then it will magically get her to approve their play and it does like it just does (laughs) (laughs) of course it does (laughs) wow Plan well executed. <laughs> yeah. So I I was entertained in all the wrong ways because I was just increasingly baffled by what was going on in these movies. It's a real shame to know that Magic Mike 2, they didn't build on that lore. Uh, I like to think of Magic Mike 2 as like almost like a, a new entry in mythology for uh, modern day people where there's just a roving band of male strippers that can ride through town and fix all your problems. Like Mary Poppins can <laughs> like they make yeah. you feel good about yourself. It's just overwhelmingly positive force. And you can summon them. If you hold the stripper con in a, you know, a, 
business center just down the road. They'll come. Uh, uh, it's the field I will of say, dreams for strippers. Yeah. <laughs> when they show up at the Ramada Inn to have their stripper con, it shows a shot outside of the marquee, and it just straight up says, like, stripper convention. Yeah. And I thought in my mind, I was like, said to Darla, I'm like, why would it say like stripper convention? Like, wouldn't you say like male, male entertainment? entertainment yeah. Or, or something Erotic like dancer that. Dancer convention or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, oh, it's an advertised event where you pay tickets to come see. Like, it's, I was like, oh, it's this competition stripper competition. So they want you to know that it's strippers, I guess. Okay. Like, yeah, I was very lost on stripper con. Yeah. Um, they don't care about so the wait. rules, Ryan. The rules don't matter. <laughs> Stripping is all that matters in Magic Mike movies, even though the third one doesn't have much of it and the first one's a character study. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> this generally, like, as you're talking about these three movies, this seems rife for Perry for, like, a, a bad Andy Samberg movie where it's, like, a band of stripper bros oh, they're just like oh we're we having what, what our rents past due what are we gonna do guys what if we strip and they just like strip Across take off the, the clothes country. to solve every problem <laughs> yeah and it's like it just doesn't work every single time like it would be a terrible movie but it'd be a funny like uh you know sketch comedy uh skit or something they, where he, they it, learn from magic mike and they're trying to take it out in yeah the just world. everything that comes yeah. up like oh what if we take off our clothes and it's like at yeah. the end they're like <laughs> in jail and I was it's just yeah. the way to fix it. yeah uh, i'm out of money take off our clothes yeah we're in jail take off our clothes it's <laughs> 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 just always a solution yeah uh, it, it, john you will appreciate this since you had watched uh magic mike the way that selma hayek's character finds out that mike even though he's a bartender is magic mike is that he's recognized by one of the sorority sisters from the first movie oh. where he stripped as a cop before oh, there was yeah. like an all-out brawl. And I, I guess it so changed her life that years <laughs> later, she recognized him Oh my God! <laughs> as a That's bartender amazing. and then had to tell Selma Hayek how amazing it was. Wow. <laughs> uh, I got to admire the canon they've kept. Um, they tried <laughs> to thread these together. By canon, you mean Mike's dick? Yes, that's right. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which he doesn't really show to any of them. That isn't even important, apparently. Uh, do you think there's... Wait, is this really like the last dance, do you think? Or do you think there's going to be He dances like a, twice, by the way. Oh, okay. Oh, and so the first dance, they call his last dance, and then he dances again. So I don't even oh, fucking know. That's just a tease. This has might to be, be the last one. one. Yeah, no, this has to be the last one. Like, it's too stupid at this point. And, and yeah. It also like, didn't really make much money, right? Like... Um, I doubt it. Yeah. yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. The, it's uh, lost all of its like. It's just run out of steam. Like mm -hmm. we had our little moment, and now we're done. Yeah, and I mean, there's only so many ways you can get erotic, and it's just like a porno, right? You can just watch that one or the second one and be done with it. it and uh, there you go. You got what you wanted to get out of it. Uh, whoever you are, and uh, it'll always be there. If you make more of them, it's just gonna be like the same stuff over and over, but with like. I don't know what you're going to do. Like you're going to start doing parodies and shit just like porn would do. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. But Hon yeah. honestly, weirdly, uh, if you're like, Oh, I just want to watch this because it's hot. Uh, even though no one really takes off their clothes other than a shirt in the third one, it's actually probably the sexier of the three. So oh, that's okay. the one to watch. Even though the first one is got several men straight up stripping in the club. It just is like, they just dance in the, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're just you're so frustrated. I'm sorry. <laughs> I failed to mention that stripping is either break dancing or dry humping. There is no in between or anything that actually is okay. stripping, as far as I'm concerned. There's a lot of it just is cool break dance moves. I don't really understand why 
and why that would be high on a legal theory of the definition of stripping (laughs) (laughs) i've got my whiteboard back here (laughs) according to article a section (laughs) three (laughs) can we mute Uh, ryan's mic (laughs) i need to see the rule books of stripper con like what's allowed what's not allowed (laughs) how many points of difficulty do you get for a move do you realize that you're writing yourself into the fourth magic mic as the strip con inspector (laughs) just show up with a, a handbook i need to make sure everything's up to code oh I could go back and steal the trophy from him for the second movie from a violation. Don't you do this. Don't you give them that idea. You put that power in their hands. At at StripperCon, are there like strippers at stands trying to sell their like stripper pants or something that you can just like, you know, pull off without undoing the belt or whatever. I did. I did. Yeah. I caught myself. (laughs) I really thought it was going to be a lot sadder than it was. I exactly thought that where it's like, Oh, they're going to go to stripper con and they have their Uh little booth. And then they look across the way and there's a stripper whose lines like all the way out the door and nobody's coming to them anymore because they're washed up. But it was like, no, it's Yeah. Nope, it's just a big. I don't even know what they're selling other than tickets. Where else to are you going to get your, uh, you know, nipple tassels and your stripper pants and all? Yeah, that. right. Yeah, all the. <laughs> Got to go to stripper con. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, Ryan, uh, all of that said, I'm guessing you'd recommend the trilogy, right? Yeah, That's totally. It's an amazing experience. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a roller coaster of confusion, you say yeah. It's where you go. <laughs> uh, Is there any one of those movies that you enjoyed? I will I will honestly say the second and third ones I enjoyed because I just had a confused look on my face the whole time <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell was going on and where it was you going. You enjoyed mocking was them, a, but you wouldn't recommend watching them. Yeah, no, no. It was oh, yeah. a lot like the movies John and I watch where we just sit there like, what? A stripper convention? Like, what is going on? Does this have anything to do with the last movie I was watching? Like, that was, yeah, that's where I was the whole time, which I enjoyed, but not the movie I did not enjoy. Yeah. And and uh would you agree with me, Ryan, that the first one has terrible improv? Just awful improv. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, good. It, yeah, no, the it, it's weird. Yeah, that one's weird. It has this like odd character to it, but the dancing and the secondary characters are just bizarre and some of the dialogue is weirdly stilted. Like they it knows what it's here for. Do like one scene where they show you a full out dong? like in the foreground out of focus on screen as it's going right. across a penis pump. Like no. it's just like a loading bar at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's the only dong you see. Yeah. In all three of these movies. And the second one, there's like wow. a silhouetted behind, like behind a screen kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially when one of the characters is, is what donkey Dick or something. I can't remember what his name is, but, <laughs> his name is but we don't Dick. even get to, we don't even get to see it. Like what's what am I here for? Oh my god! <laughs> I just love thinking about Ryan sitting in a theater, being like, "What? Why am I even here if I can't see the fucking dick? It doesn't even make sense." <laughs> That's what I say whenever I see a King Kong movie. <laughs> Dude, that was like uh, the suburban Sasquatch movie I watched. They actually rendered the Sasquatch's penis on the costume in this low budget film. Oh, wow. I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> just full out dong!" <laughs> All right. I guess they have a point. Um, well, cool. I'm glad to know that you would recommend it sarcastically. <laughs> well, I have something. So in, in the escalation of eroticism, um, <laughs> the only movie that apparently that I watched in the past week to talk about is uh, uh, 
a porn parody of Rollerball, the 1975 dystopian nightmare movie where people compete in a roller rink to kill each other. No player is greater than the game itself. It's not a game a man is supposed to grow strong in, Jonathan. I still don't understand why I came. You're the only person I ever wanted. Wanted you on my side. That's all. They're afraid of you, Jonathan. All the way to the top, they are. The tagline of that is, in the not-too-distant future, wars will no longer exist, but there will be the game. Um, and that sounds better than war. Yeah, and for Roller Babies, it's in the not-too-distant future, sexual intercourse is outlawed, but there will always be Roller Babies, which uh, doesn't, babies? It doesn't sound good. It sounds like a Muppet Baby Adventure thing that is yeah. happening. Um, are there children who, in this? John? No, yeah, there are no children this in this title. Thank God. That's so Ugh. questionable. Hey, w- let's go see the porno with babies in the title of it. That's, yeah, well, no. um, must be some like 70s lingo that I'm just not hip on anymore and don't want to be. Uh, mm. A little mm. context for the listeners out there of why the fuck I watch this and I'm talking about it right now. Uh, I buy from a little boutique called Vinegar Syndrome online. Uh, I have a lot of the movies that Vinegar Syndrome has distributed, and then they have partner labels. And for Valentine's Day, they said, hey, one of our partner labels is selling vintage pornography. And I said, (laughs) I haven't seen any vintage pornography. I wonder if it's any different (laughs) from regular pornography. So I bought a few of like, they have 4K restorations of it, which I was amazed by. Wow. (laughs) Like, yeah, they like did a 4K restoration on like a bunch of films. And I was like, oh, this, these are all on sale. This is something I've never seen. Why not explore it? I don't want to shut myself off from any kind oh of film god, experience. Oh my god, that dick so veiny. Yeah. I yeah, it pops off the 70, screen. It's in 4D. I assume the seventies pornos, the masters just got immediately destroyed. Like there's no nothing so to too. go back to. Yeah, who's yeah. holding on to these negatives? <laughs> uh, uh, a patriot. That's who. <laughs> just Ron Jeremy's estate, like holding on to all these. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. So I just decided I'll get a sample of these. I'll get the ones that sound kind of interesting from a story perspective. I love Boogie Nights, by the way. And it is one of those things where listening to Jack Horner and Burt Reynolds character talk about the art of pornography and like he wants to be a legitimate filmmaker and all this other stuff. It's a little bit of romanticism that I was like, I'm interested to see what that's like. So I made the mistake of watching Roller Babies. In the not too distant future, Sex will be illegal, but there will be Roller Babies, the fastest moving sex show on television in which four celebrity teams compete for big dollars, creating imaginative sex positions on roller skates. There's a new competitive sex network that wants to steal our audience. We're in trouble. My name's Gumshoes. I need a Gumshoes. I'm with the CIA. Hello, I you cannot fall no matter what you do. Well, that's why I've been trying to tell to you. Which is a 1976 movie that followed up 1975's Rollerball. 
and it was awful. It was just a terrible, terrible experience. John, I'm shocked to hear this. Just, could, just shocked. It could have been, I'm sure there could have been much better things that would have happened with it. But basically, here's what this movie boils down to. And I will try to keep it, you know, not too explicit for everybody out there. But we don't normally talk off, about pornography on this I podcast. I swear this normally doesn't happen. This, is uh, <laughs> this isn't my usual thing. Um, so uh, it starts off like a bad B movie where there's an old dude in a curly wig that just stares at you from his doctor's office. That's clearly the same stage they shoot every other scene on. And he said, and he reads the exact thing that I just said in the future, there will not be. And he has this weird German accent, any sexual intercourse, but there will be roller babies. Is and it Werner Herzog? It's yeah. <laughs> the roller babies. Their life is agony and they will. <laughs> and so he does that for like, 30 fucking minutes. He just tells you what this movie is. There's 30 minutes of narrator exposition in this pornography. Yes, that is correct. Now you understand. What are you seeing on screen during this time? Just him talking. There's not even like, it's not even like in in Taxi Driver when Travis Bickle takes, you know, uh, the, the date. It's not even that. They're not even showing like, sexual education videos over the top it's just of a it. guy sitting at a in a chair talking to a camera yeah and it feels like for fucking ever and then this like it just cuts to this dude who look who is the real life dirk diggler it, it's just legitimately like you see him and you're like that guy's fucking dirk diggler from boogie nights i just know <laughs> it um and he's running a respectable establishment um it's a tv station that broadcasts sex around the nation because that's what the government approves and they have their annual suck and fuck contest which of course you gotta make that i guess popular so he's like we gotta figure out how to get the ratings up um okay so instead of thinking about how to get the ratings up he goes to a nightclub to watch two people fuck on the floor in a in the most it is what i would say the most it's like they got an industrial filmmaker to record people having sex. There's no sensuality at all in any of this sequence. I don't know why I'm talking about it in this much detail, but I was disgusted. Um, And then he's like, I don't want to be here anymore. And he leaves and takes some random woman that he like met and is talking to back to his place. And then she covers him in pistachio ice cream and they have sex while he's just fully green. He's like, in St. Patrick's Day parade or some shit and she's over here like my god you're just so delicious <laughs> I I was just so bewildered by all of it my brain was melting trying to reconcile why I hadn't stopped the movie and I was like where does the roller skating come in because rollerball yeah, has sex roller was illegal. skating yeah and it's like they just don't give a fuck uh, they the rest of that movie is bullshit. And then we skipped, I skipped all the way to the end. Okay. I wanted to know, was there anything I did like eight X, you know, 16 X 32 X fucking get through this disc. I just want to see if they ever roller skate or if there's anything about roller skating in this fucking movie. That's supposed to be about roller skating in the future. And yes, they do. They have the saddest performance I've ever seen of people fucking each other on four wheel skates <laughs> riding around a community center. They've clearly rented from the local church. And I don't think the church fucking knows what they're doing. There. <laughs> they have five people that they call judges that are clearly just wearing whatever they thought Sunday best was. And they're murmuring to each other and have their hands on the mic while like eight couples awkwardly go around hugging each other and trying to do positions and not knowing how it works. And then it just ends. And it's like the highest ratings ever for the suck and fuck show. 
and the credits roll. And I was like, wow, people went to a theater and sat down and watched all of this. And then the best part was I started looking for reviews on Letterboxd. And I was like, there's no way anybody would would review this. This right? has a 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't understand. That's, you know. That's like good. Cocaine Bear level. <laughs> yeah. Cocaine yeah. Bear is 3.2. So some of the reviews were like, one was like, banging soundtrack. <laughs> I don't remember the soundtrack to this movie. Nor do I remember most of the banging, is except like for the traumatizing 70s, one. 70s, <laughs> like, bow, chicka, bow, like, yeah, that it's kind basically, of thing. it's like that shit. Yeah, it's exactly that. And then one person's review just said, um, <laughs> this woman covered his whole ass body in pistachio ice cream. My favorite part was when she turned to him and said, your <laughs> is delicious. One star. Then other people were just like, this movie is a lot of things. Uh, I introduced this solely so I could say, I refute this movie. <laughs> I would not recommend this movie to anybody. If you're looking for a good Valentine's night with your partner and you're like, oh, let's watch something from the 70s that's vintage and kind of steamy. It's not Roller Babies. It is not Roller Babies. I feel like Rollerball was probably way more erotic than this movie was. Um, and that's a weird thing to say about a movie that's a dystopian death okay. match. <laughs> so how many mustaches were in this movie? Like every guy had a mustache, I'm pretty sure, except for Dirk Diggler. Nice. He did not. Dirk Diggler didn't have a mustache. So, anyways. It sounds like UHF, except they have a sex off. We beat up the networks. George Newman, he starts where the others stop. We're the number one station in town. Weird Al Yankovic in UHF. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say <laughs> it's that. Um, but that, and that completes. I would say the narrative arc for tonight uh, from, from the perspective of ramping up and number of nipples in a film and uh, the amount of eroticism and sexuality that's trying to be portrayed on screen. I would say trying. I want to <laughs> emphasize that. Um, I feel like usually when we recommend something, sometimes it's a movie that is, is out there and people know about. And other times it's like, I'll try to recommend something that's kind of under the radar. Hey, maybe you haven't heard of this, but it's good. And when we refute something, it's typically like, you probably might accidentally watch this and we want to warn you to not accidentally watch this. Yes. No one who will ever listen to this podcast <laughs> is ever at risk of accidentally stumbling across this movie and watching it. But now yeah. you have brought it to our, you know, we, we now know it exists. Um, but yeah. yeah, this is not changing anyone's the, viewing habits. You know, I think the fact that, that would vinegar do... syndrome says they only did 3000 of these. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. even harder. You have to actually want to go out of your way to, to watch this. God. Uh, I, I brought this up for two reasons. One, it's a public service announcement against roller babies. And two, I feel like in a way I haven't heard many movie clubs ever try to broach a topic like this before when they're talking about anything because people were way too afraid that other people will judge them for watching pornography. But you know what? Sometimes porn's fun. Okay. I just <laughs> want to get it out there. Having grown up Catholic, I've been shamed enough. I'm fucking done with it. Uh, but I probably won't bring another porno to this recommended refute event. It's just, this is what I watched this past week. Came in the mail. I was like, fine, crack it open, see what it is. Oh God, no, put it away. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Except for all those ones you accidentally watch in October. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Every time there's, Schlocktober there's rolls around, those are, that's another thing. That's Tubi. Okay. Tubi. Those are surprise <laughs> pornos. Yeah. Those are, <laughs> I didn't expect, porn. there's, yeah. there's clearly a legal blurring line between like where the sexploitation and the actual just porn begins. I don't, I haven't figured that out yet. So I'm still trying to crack that ambiguity. Join us next week as we talk about a seven-minute Pornhub clip called <laughs> Naughty Moms 3. There you go. <laughs> um, well, there you have it, everybody. Uh, it's a recommend for Creed, right? Yes. Uh, a sarcastic recommend for the Magic Mike trilogy like, from Ryan. Yeah. Uh, and a hardline refute for Roller Babies and an encouragement to be open and honest about what you watch. You know, it's okay to feel... To just want to watch that sometimes. Totally fine, everybody. I'm just sure. You. Give us your truth. We want your you truth. Do you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell me something real, goddammit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, yeah. Signing off from the table, uh, I am John, and with me has been... Ryan King. And Michael Dixon. Thanks for putting over their bullshit. In the future, podcasts will be outlawed because of oversaturation. But there will still be Afterthoughts. That's right. We here at Afterthoughts are ready to do battle with the dystopian regimes cracking down on casual film and TV podcasts. If you want to support the cause and share some of your own Afterthoughts, you can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Afterpod or enlist on the front lines of our discussions in our Discord community. Look for info on this and more at theafterpod.transistor.fm. Thanks for listening.